listening to First Church Charlotte. Let's all stand. The devil is defeated. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Some folks I've met, they have a big devil in their mind and a little God. But you know, the Bible tells us the end of the story. If you've read the back of the book, you know that God's going to dispatch 10,000 angels to get the devil. He doesn't need 10,000. How about 1,000 angels to get the devil and lock him up? You know what the Bible says? One angel is going to lock the devil up. Don't be having a big devil in your head. He's not big. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Oh, hallelujah. I feel some victory in this house for somebody. Pastor and Wilson, Brother Jonathan Moran is coming to preach the Word of God. Would you give him a Charlotte welcome this morning? Hey, hey, look at someone and say, why are you so rowdy today? Rambunctious. It's a rambunctious group of worshipers. God is good, amen? Come on, tell somebody, God is good. No, no, like really mean it like God is good. Amen. We are here to worship him. I'm so thankful that I was invited to speak today. I give honor to your pastor and to the bishop of this church and to the fellow ministers. And what a beautiful church. Thank you for for uh, making us feel so welcome. And thank you for taking in our, our uh, oldest daughter, Miss Hannah, and just loving her and letting her be a part of this church. I truly appreciate it. Amen. Amen. I left my phone. Where's my phone? Let me see my phone real quick. I think it's in your purse, Hannah. I just, after service was over, I wrote a few things down, a few notes. And um, thank you, elder. Amen. What an elder. Amen. Text this to my wife. It's a beautiful plan, man. I text this to my wife. These are four questions from Luke, my 10-year-old, one of my twins traveled with me today, and um, it, it was after service in between. The ch- How many were here in the first service? A few of you. Okay, so it was in between. It's about 10.35, and Luke said, uh, Dad, what time is it? And I said, it's 10.35. And he's like, this is the second question. Uh, when are we getting on the road? <laughs> N- numbered one, Luke, what 10-year-old talks like that? When are we getting on the road? And then uh, some people were greeting us, you know, Luke was doing his dancing and stuff and comes back right in front of me right before you came over. And he says, he says, uh, he said, oh, I said, well, I'm going to be preaching in the next service too. And he just looked at me like, "Eh?" (laughs) and then he came back and he said, he said, so we're staying for the next service. I say, yeah, yes. (laughs) Then he, then we kept on talking and this is the part that's funniest to me. He said, our, 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 this is after like several minutes. So it's like he was thinking about it. It was like trying to process. And he said, are they going to do all that worship and stuff again? 
a true worshiper. He's a true worshiper. And I'm telling you that the youngster that, that came with me, he is so, I love that kid so much. And I love my family. And I'm, and I, I'm just thankful that Hannah's here at this church and y'all are such a blessing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I just, I just want to pray a simple prayer that God would give us the grace to always worship. Would you pray that with me? Lift your hands. Lord, we thank you today. I thank you for this church. I thank you for every family, every life, everybody that's represented here today. I pray, God, that you would give each and every person here the grace to worship you with their entire life. Give us the grace. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. It says, there is a time for everything. Everybody say everything. There is a time for everything. There is a season for every activity under the heavens. There is a time to be born. There is a time to die. There is a time to plant. There is a time to uproot. There is a time to kill. There is a time to heal. There is a time to tear down. There is a time to build up. A time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. How many people here love to dance? There's literally a time for everything. This is not in the scripture, but there's a time to get coffee in this church. <laughs> Apparently, it's, it's when we're greeting. I mean, that's a strong coffee bar situation. I mean, there's like 300 people out there, like, excuse me. I'm waiting for like a barista to ask me what I want. There's a time for everything. Everybody say there's a time for everything. There's a time to scatter stones. And there is a time to gather them. There is a time to embrace. And there is a time to refrain from embracing. There is a time to search. And there is a time to give up. There's a time to keep some things. And there is a time to throw some things away. Amen. There is a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent, and there is a time to speak. There is a time to love. There is a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. And I love this verse right here, this question. What do workers gain from their toil? What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Come on, everyone say everything. everything. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Let's say that together. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything is beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And then the writer says this, and I love this right here. He says this, and over the course of my uh, life, uh, I, have, I have learned, the older I get, I've learned this. Are you ready? He says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good. There is nothing better than for people just to be happy and to do good. In other words, take what you have been given and help somebody else with it. Be happy with what you have and do good with your life. 
There's nothing better for people than to be happy and do good while they live, that each of them may eat. How many of y'all love to eat? That each of them may drink. How many love to drink? (laughs) Okay. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their toil. Eat, drink, and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is the gift of God. Say that with me. This is the gift of God. This is the gift of God. In this famous passage of scripture, life is summed up as a puzzle. God sees the puzzle of our life completed, but each of us has to live out our life in order to complete it. So we read the words and we try to understand that everything in our life has a purpose. Amen. And God has put it inside of us to want to know what is the purpose for what is going on. And yet we have to understand that we cannot know what God is doing at all times. It is difficult to understand what God has purposed for our lives from the beginning of our life to the end of our life. So we have to come to the same conclusion that the writer did. We have to simply live by faith that God is in control of everything. Amen. Everybody say God is in control. Everybody say this one more time. Everything is beautiful and it's time. Amen. 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 So what do we do? We eat and we thank God. This doesn't sound that difficult, does it? I know we pray before we eat, but you know, maybe, maybe how many of y'all pray before you eat, but we eat and like, there's just something in us that should just say, you know what? Thank you, Lord. We drink and we thank God. We, we go to work tomorrow. How many of you are looking forward to going to work tomorrow? All right, man, me too. You should go to work tomorrow and just thank God. We work and we thank God. We, we, we enjoy our work. We enjoy our families. We enjoy the earth and, and, and we give thanks to God for it. I was driving to church this morning and I said, look at that hedge, Luke. Like y- y'all don't even understand. Like, like the older I get, I like love like flowers, trees, a 10 foot hedge around a house down the road here. I'm like, that is amazing. Look how beautiful that is. And Luke's looking at it like, that's just a bush, dad. (laughs) God put us here to eat and enjoy it, to drink and enjoy it, to, to live our lives and enjoy it and do good. So we do these things and, and we should be giving thanks to God for it. As stated in verse 13, I didn't make this up. The scripture says it is all a gift from God. We believe that each, each time in our lives, that each situation in our lives leads us further down the path towards life everlasting. And this morning, I want you to understand that faith at its finest trusts that God is in control of each and every rhythm of life that is listed in Ecclesiastes chapter number three. Amen. At times, it is difficult. At times, we do not understand it all, but our faith in God carries us along the tough road of life. And as we trust, as we travel this this road of life, we begin to understand that God has a different perspective than we do. 
Amen. We oftentimes are groping around in darkness and the future comes barreling into our lives and it blindsides us with grief and sorrow and sadness. But on the, on the other hand, God, God sees the light that is just around the corner and, and, and God walks with us hand in hand like a, like a good father who protects his child. And in short, I want you to understand this morning that God, everybody say God, God is not taken by surprise. Tell your neighbor, God's not taken by surprise. The New Testament equivalent of this Old Testament truth found in Ecclesiastes is given to us by the Apostle Paul when he wrote this letter to the Romans and he said, all things work together for the good. Amen. And so this morning, whatever condition you may find yourself in, I want you to rest. Everybody say rest. Just rest in the word of God. Don't add to it. Don't, don't, uh, uh, don't mix doubt in. Just believe the word of God. Rest in the word of God. Rest in the love of God and know that you are in the hand of God and just believe that God is in control of it all. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 14 says, I know that, that everything God does, every, every, everything God does. I know that everything, everybody say everything. I know that, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken away from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever is, whatever is, has already been. And what will be has been before. Whatever is has, has already happened. Whatever you're going through today, like, like somebody else has already been through it. There's nothing new under the sun. Whatever, whatever you're getting ready to go through, somebody's already been through it. Amen. God does these things so that people will fear him and worship him. As humans, we have all been given the hardest puzzle to try to piece together, and it's called life. Amen? Every day, in in every circumstance, good and bad, we all take the puzzle pieces of life that come to us in in various shapes and sizes and by various events and, and through various emotions, and we try to find a place for everything that's happening to us. We're trying to make sense of life as we pass through time, and, and we, so we take heartbreak, and, and, and we try to find a place for it. Like, how does that make sense? And, and we, take, we take happiness, and we're like, well, I really like that, and I want to make that fit right here. We, we take pain, and we take joy, and, and it all fits together, and it makes up what is called life. Amen. The hard thing is this. The puzzle of life is just that. It is a puzzle that, that literally lasts for a lifetime. How many, how many can relate today? Your, your life's been a little bit puzzling lately. Amen. The pieces to this puzzle never stop coming. They, they just keep coming. Like you, you think everything's great. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get hit by a huge puzzle piece. And you're like, what? Is that, and how does that fit in my life? That's not what I was really expecting. This puzzle of life is not measured in quantity of pieces that are written on the outside of the box. Amen? 
it's it's not it's not something that has like a a definite end, you know. Like uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a twenty six hundred piece puzzle, and and you're on the last piece, you know. You're on uh, twenty five ninety nine, and you have it in your hand, and I'm like, this is the last thing that's ever going to happen, and I'm going to plug it in, and my life's going to make sense, and it's all going to just be beautiful from here on out. That's not the way it works. The puzzle of life is measured in quantity of days in quantity of days. In other words, as, as long as you live, each one of your days will hand you another piece to try to fit it in somewhere. Another piece to try to make sense of. You know when you put a puzzle together, you, you turn it over, you look at the back of it, you flip it over, you're holding it different ways, like, and you're looking at the thing, like, where does this fit? That's what life is like. We're trying to make sense of it. Another piece to try to figure out how it fits and where it fits and why does this fit in my life? As humans, we have been given this lot. There's, there's something in us that we try to figure it all out and, and we try to make sense of everything that's happening and all the pieces that were dealt, we're trying to make sense of it. How many are like me and, and you want to figure out everything and just be in control of it? I'm the only one. No, raise your hand high. Like, help me out. Thank you. Yeah, like we, we want to be in control. Like, oh, I know why that happened. And that's where this goes. We, we love to have everything in control. We long to be in the driver's seat of our own life and know exactly where we're headed, to know what our next move is and what we're going to be doing next week and, and next month or in a year from now. Humanity that is, remember, made in the image of God tries to quantify everything. We try to reconcile each event that touches our lives directly and indirectly and, and often in in our limited minds and with our human pride mixed together, we want to know that in our lives, two plus two is always going to equal four. But I'm just going to tell you, if you do good and do good, you're not always going to get good. Two plus two doesn't always equal four in life. Now, we learn in primary school, the first thing we learn, one plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four. Four plus four equals... Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do one more. Are you ready? Eight plus eight equals... Those of you that, that couldn't figure that out, on Wednesday nights, we have a wonderful program where we... <laughs> where, where we work, work with our students and, and tutor. You're welcome to come. But we, we want to we make sure everything equals four. And, and if we're not careful, we have a tendency to, to think that what we do, everybody say what I do, what we do is the sole reason for what is produced in our lives. If, if good things are happening in our lives, amen, what do we do? We boast. If good things are happening and we're just like, you know, wow, just everything's amazing. We walk around, our shoulders a little back and our head a little higher and, you know, wallet sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get the next biggest size pants to fit your wallet because all the money you have in there. And we just look at ourselves like, look at me. That's what we do as humans. If bad things happen, we struggle to not blame ourselves. This is what happens when you live a life that is focused on what you do. In both ways, we err. In both ways, we often miss the opportunity to allow the glory of God to be manifest in the everyday life that is spoken about by the preacher in Ecclesiastes 3. What we struggle to come to grips with and, and try to avoid, if at all possible, in our lives is suffering and pain. How many are looking forward to some suffering and some pain this week? Yeah. 
What do you got going on this week? Man, just, just a whole lot of suffering and pain, man. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Put it on the calendar last year, man. Just really looking forward to the month of June. going to be a tough month, and we're not going to have enough money to pay our bills. But, man, like we, we try to avoid that, right? We try to avoid suffering and pain. We, we, we do not like it, but in God's economy, he has used the human condition, suffering and pain to mature us spiritually through the fellowship of his suffering. Amen. As I look over my life and, and you look over your life, we, we often or we gaze in one direction. We gaze in one direction. We, we stand at this, this blockade, this impasse called tomorrow, and our humanity limits our view to the events and the circumstances that have already transpired. However, as people of God, when we see our lives and we see our yesterdays through the word of God, we are able to grasp in some way what God fully understood before our yesterday became and was a tomorrow. In other words, now, now, now that the storm is over in our life, we see what God saw before the storm ever arose. But we don't see it till after we come through the storm. But God sees it before we go through the storm. We now see our lives, the product. We view it. We take inventory. We begin to understand where it fits. The product of suffering, the result of our trials. We see the gold after the fire of the furnace has been put out. But God looks at each one of us today and he sees the gold inside of us. He sees the precious metal inside of us before we go into the fire. And that is why he allows us to go through it. Amen. So we have only one reference. What has happened to us in the past? How many can look back and say, I remember when such and such happened and it really defined my life. It really made me who I am. Now, when you were going through it, you didn't necessarily understand that or at the very least, you did not enjoy it. But you can look back and say, I get it now. How many understand what I'm talking about? Our reference is what has happened, but God's reference or vantage point is not only what has happened in our lives, but God sees what is going to happen in our lives. In other words, God is, God is never taken by surprise by the things that completely blindside us. God sees each puzzle piece coming our way, and with it, God is trying to perfect in us our response, and, and how am I going to deal with this next piece that's coming? How am I going to make it through this day and keep my integrity? How am I going to live as a Christian in this job and keep my integrity with the circumstance and with the things that boggle our minds, those, those things that drive us crazy, the things that break our hearts and the things that keep us up at night and we're struggling and where does this fit and where do I plug this in? And we're asking God a thousand times, why am I going through this? God's trying to get us to a place where we mature spiritually where we mature spiritually. The fellowship of suffering does not always allow us to live our lives 
sleeping continually on a bed of rose petals. Life is not always the enjoyment of a stroll on the beach, but as we grope and as we struggle with this reality that, that, that life has all of these rhythms and everything that we read at the beginning, life throws all of these things at us. We struggle with that reality. What we're facing today, what you're facing this week, and what you're facing in the coming months, and, and I want you to understand as you struggle with those things, as you, as you question and as you try to work through it and as you get up and you keep on going, you are strengthening your faith in God. And after walking with God and asking, asking a million times, you know, there's probably nobody, uh, maybe there is. I mean, I'm right up there at the top though. I ask God a lot of questions about my life. Pastor, you know, pastoring, pastor, you know, pastoring. I've looked back over the last eight years and I've asked why, 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 why? I'm like that little kid that keeps saying, why, why? And God is trying to mature me as I, as I struggle through all the whys of my life after walking with him and asking a million times why. All I can see coming from this puzzle is that God is, is diligently trying to perfect Christ in me. That's what God is doing. He's trying to perfect Christ in us. The same Christ. The same Christ. Everybody say the same Christ. Christ. Who, as we do at times, struggled with the will of God, but ultimately he gave in and submitted to it for the greater good, saying, not my will, but yours be done. And, And Jesus gave his entire life for the glory of God, the good and the bad and the ugly. When he rode in on a donkey and they were worshiping him, that was for the glory of God. When he was in Gethsemane, And when he was at Calvary, that was for the glory of God. His entire life, all of it, every rhythm, every time was for the glory of God. And through his death, he brought life everlasting. Amen. Amen. This morning, I, I sense that God is calling First Church. God is calling somebody here, probably a lot of us. God is calling a lot of us. I know God is calling me, Elder. God is calling a lot of us to a place of worship that goes way beyond the service. It goes, it goes way beyond the service. God is calling us. I believe he's calling us in our trials. You know, God, God's saying, Hey, 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 son or daughter in in the middle of your trial, in, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your grief, in the middle of your family crisis, in the middle of your marriage problem, in the middle of your financial difficulty, but also, also, also not even in those times, not just in those times, God is calling us to worship. But God is also calling us to worship in our places of triumph, amen, in our places of joy, in our places of reaping, in our places of blessing. He is calling us to a place of worship that encompasses all of life, all of life, amen. He's calling us to be people that just always worship. That's what we do. We just worship. He's calling us to a life of worship that honors the will of God. Not just after the storm is gone and, and we finally get it and, you know, now everything makes sense or, or when we finally see what God is doing. And, oh, I get it now. Oh, that's what God was doing. He was trying to, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I can check that. How many know what I'm talking about? Like you figure it out, like the light bulb comes on. God, God's, God's, God, is, God, is, God is calling us not just to worship him in those times. He, he's calling us to a life of worship that honors the will of God in the hard times. Now that, that's a, that's, that's a tough place to worship in the hard times. 
honoring the will of God in the hard times. He's, he's calling us to a depth of faith and worship. While, while the pain in our life is so deep, you can, you can hardly lift your head from the pillow in the morning. While the storm is raging so great, there is no end in sight. This is the call of worship that can be heard in every dark night and also on the brightest day. God is standing and he's saying, I want people to worship me. I want, to, I want you to worship me. That's what God is saying to you. This is the life of worship that Jesus offered. This is the life of commitment to the will of God that Jesus exampled for us. There is, there is so much that can be said this morning about a true worshiper, somebody who trusts God in those moments of utter defeat. Have you ever been there where you're just like, eh, I lost that one, but I still trust him? Anybody? Anybody want to testify today? Just testify for the person sitting next to you so they know that they're going to make it. Come on. Come on. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. We've all been through those times where we're just like, oh man, I got knocked down, but you know what? I'm going to keep on worshiping. There's something to be said about a person who trusts God. Person that lifts his, his or her hands and, and cries out with their spirit from their, from their very heart and with their very life. And they echo those lyrical words of Job when he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I will worship him always. What's to be said this morning about the person in this room that has everything? Amen. What about the person here today that has everything and you can't relate to the, to the hard time? You're like, what? I mean, man, I'm blessed. I'm flush with cash and my car is less than a year old. <laughs> I'm retired, saved up, living great, just blessed. How many people do we have that are just blessed today? I'm not going to look up, but there's more than you think. <laughs> What's to be said of the person today? Just so you know, I want to be in that latter category. Y'all can do what you want to do. You can worship God in either place, but I want to be worshiping God in the, in the blessed place. Like, I want to be blessed. Like, I want to, I want to have a life that has contentment and just have everything that I need. I mean, there's, there's nothing greater than just driving down to Charlotte with one of your kids sitting there just all happy to be with you. Like, you know, what, what's to be said of the person that, that, that has everything this morning and still comes to the house of worship and, and they take inventory of all the things in their life, all of the goodness of God. And with all of their blessings, they just lift up their hands and with those very blessings, they honor God and they say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are the source of everything good in my life. I didn't do it on my own. I'm here because you you brought me here. I thank you. Amen. Whatever state they find themselves in, they're content. What about the person that's just content? What about a church full of people that are just completely satisfied with God? You're just completely satisfied with your life. And in return, you are honoring God in every area. I think of the words of Paul concerning how we should live before God and in relation to each other. He said in Ephesians chapter five, and, and be not drunk with wine and be not drunk with wine, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Amen. But what? But what? Come on, say it. But be filled with the spirit. 
Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but, but here's an alternative. Be filled with the Spirit of God. If you're searching for something, if Paul was here today, he would stand here and say, hey, this is what I have for you. Be filled with the Spirit of God and your life is going to be complete. Be filled with the Spirit of God. That's what he would say. If your life is full of anything, let it be full of God. If your life reflects anything, let it reflect to the world the goodness of God that is shining down on you. If your life has purpose, let your purpose be found within the purpose of Jesus Christ. Paul goes on and he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and and what? Spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And here it is. This is it. Verse 20. He says, giving thanks when? Always. Always. Come on, say always. Always. Giving thanks always for what? Giving thanks always for all things to God. Always? Always. Uh, Like the real always, that one. The one that's all of the ways. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? All the time. Here's an all of life worship summed up in one phrase. Give thanks always for all things. That's it. If you want to know how to live before God, give thanks always for all things. If you want to know how to walk in this world as a Christian, give thanks always for all things. If you want to be different on your job and stand out from all the other employees and and have a track that goes up, give thanks always for all things unto God. And you will be be countercultural. Come on, you guys. You know what I'm talking about. There's going to be nobody at the water cooler tomorrow like, hey, man, let's just talk about how, you know, all the good things that happen. You know, boss Larry, he's so awesome. Like, boss Larry last week, he was so kind and he got my child a birthday. No, they're going to stand around the water. That's our culture. Stand around and pick apart and pick everything that's negative and magnify it and make a big deal out of it. You want to be different? If you want to be if you want to be different and you want to be a true Christian living in this dark world, go in there and just give thanks to God. Always. For all things. Be countercultural. Amen. God, I thank you for the blessing. Amen. Amen. God, you know, you know, I thank you for my family. Even even when the kids drive me nuts. Yeah. I thank you for my mother and father, you know, even when I have to explain to my dad how to, how to turn his computer on a hundred times. Like, God, I thank you for my, for my, my children and my, thank you for my wife or my husband, whatever it is for you. I, I thank you, Lord, for my home. You know, I, I want to thank you today for my job and I'm going to, I'm going to go into my job with an attitude of thankfulness. I, I thank you for the peace that you're giving me and, and I thank you for my friends and, and I want to thank you for my loved ones and I, I want to thank you for my church. What if this church was just full of people that were just thankful for their church all the time? Instead of finding that one or two things that the church does wrong and magnifying it, take the 98 things and magnify those all over this city and this church would blow up. Amen. Be thankful. Also, 
you know, you know, God, I, I want to thank you in the middle of this trial, in the middle of this storm. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I know you're going to bring me through what I'm going through right now. Thanks for, thanks for comforting me in this time of sorrow. And, and Lord, I want you to know that I don't really think I could make it without you. This is how you need to be talking to God this week. Thanks for teaching me through my trials. You know, Lord, I, I feel like you're teaching me how to be a better father and you're teaching me how to be a better husband and, and you're teaching me how to be a better friend. And, and I feel like you're maturing me. And we begin to thank God in the midst of our trials, content, giving thanks to God always for all things. Thanks for taking me through the fire and burning out the impurities of a carnal mind. Thanks for making me more like Christ. Thanks for drawing me into your presence and, and causing me to run to you in my time of trouble. Thank you for working it out. Everything is working for my good. And I just want to thank you today. I just want to thank you, Lord. This is the kind of worship that God is looking for today. God is looking for worship that flows out of humility. Everybody say humility. God is looking for worship that flows out of humility. Amen. No matter what state you find yourself in, just be a worshiper. Amen. No matter what state you find yourself in, a worshiper. How many of you just want to be a true worshiper today? Ecclesiastes chapter number three, it says, I have also concluded that whatever God does, whatever God does, whatever God does, we say whatever God does, I don't know, I don't know what God's going to do, but whatever he does, (laughs) how many of you ever felt like that? I don't know what's about to happen, but whatever God does, that's the way it's going to be. Whatever God does, that's the way it's going to be. Always, always. Everybody say always. There's going to be no addition. There's going to be nothing taken from it. No subtraction. God's done it and that's it. And that's so we'll quit asking questions and we'll simply worship him. Rest in him. Rest in him. Let go of all of the stress of trying to control everything. And since we can only look in one direction, just take a peek back in your life. Just look back. When you're, when you're, when you're facing an uncertain future, you're facing an uncertain situation, just look back. And you can, I could quote any one of 200 scriptures right here. But just look back. Has he ever forsaken you? Has he ever left you? He's with us. Rest in him. God has it in control. Just worship him always. Stand with me today. Worship is what God wants from us. This week, for the rest of our lives. So, so, so why don't we purpose to do just that? How, how many want to be a, a true worshiper? Just lift your hand up to honor God in every rhythm, to glorify God in every circumstance. In good times, you know what? I'm going to worship him. In bad times, you know what? I'm going to worship him. When I'm flush with cash, I'm going to worship him. When, I, when, I, when I'm running a little thin, I'm, I'm going to worship him. When the budget looks good, I'm going to worship him. When, when it doesn't look so good, I'm going to worship him. When I'm sick, I'm still going to honor him. When I have my health, you better believe I'm going to honor him. I'm going to worship him always in all things. Before we leave today, the best thing that we can do is just say, you know what? I'm going to commit my life again to be 
a life that is full of worship. So before you leave today, I want to invite every person. I want husbands to bring their wives. Maybe you're going through a trial. I want people to bring their families, bring your mom, bring your son and daughter. I want to come stand around this front. We're going to worship God. We are going to commit today. I'm going to always worship him. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what's happening. Who's going to be the first one to come? Oh, oh, here we go. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bring somebody with you. Y'all can go ahead. Come on. Bring somebody with you. Let's come and let's worship him. Some of you, your hands are going to be heavy because of trial you're going through. That's all right. Just worship him. Some of you, it's going to be hard because you're going through something that is so difficult. But today, just begin to worship him. Begin to honor him. Begin to thank him for all things at all times. Amen. Come on, worship him. Worship him. Some of you are going to be lifting up your hands because God has been so good to you. And you have so much to be thankful for today. Come on, do it. Do it. Do it. Lord, I take all the pieces of the puzzle of my life and I and I accept them and I worship you anyway. I worship you anyway. I worship you anyway. I bless you today, God. I bless you today, God. Come on, somebody rise up right now. Come on, somebody rise up and worship. Lift up your heart. Lift up your heart. Lift up your voice. Sink through the pain. Sink through the suffering. In Jesus' name. state you find yourself in. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. I worship him. I worship Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m and Bible Study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.